Hello, I am Cord Blumquist, and this is the Tall Street Digital Podcast. With me today are Colby Pastor and Kevin Kaufman of the Tax Foundation. So I've been using the Tax Foundation's tax, tax bracket page as an example in blog posts, uh, webinars, talks that I've given. I actually have given talks in person in the last year, believe it or not. Uh, and so I thought I'd better find out who's behind this awesome example of leveraging SEO for a huge amount of traffic. So welcome, Colby and Kevin. Thanks for having us, Cord. It's funny, we were just joking that we uh, often refer to tallest tree when we're looking at think tank rankings and thinking through how to improve our SEO. So uh, this is this should be a good conversation. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad we can get together and have this sort of love fest uh, today and talk <laughs> about how much we admire each other's work. Um, so to get started, I thought you could just tell me about what your roles are uh, at the Tax Foundation. Um, let's start with Colby and then go to Kevin. Sure. Um, my name's Colby. I'm Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Tax Foundation. I've been uh, with the group for about seven years now and started as a lowly communications associate working mainly on media relations. And I've kind of worked my way up through uh, all of the various marketing channels, uh, including SEO, but also social media and advertising. Um, and government relations and everything else, and now oversee most of our outward-facing materials uh, and outreach strategy. Kevin? Awesome. Yeah, hey, cool. hey Cord. Uh, so my name is Kevin. I'm uh, the marketing manager at the Tax Foundation. So I've been here about four years, so not nearly as long as Colby, but uh, but but been really enjoying my time here. I, I specialize in digital marketing, specifically uh, social media, email marketing, uh, PPC advertising, and of course SEO, which is my favorite thing to talk about. So you have a really small portfolio. You only have to be expert at like four different things. None of them are. None of them really inform the other. I get PPC and SEO. Like PPC is a great way to kind of learn about SEO because you start right. learning about keyword research and mm -hmm. you don't have to do all of the heavy lifting. You can just pay and get the traffic right. and figure those things out. But man, email marketing is such a different beast and social media mm -hmm. is almost like, okay, we, we don't need stuff that people are searching for. We need to just, what can I, what can I do to distract somebody from their working day? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> almost right. the opposite. I'm not going to facilitate whatever you're after. I'm going to, bring your head into something else entirely. Um, so it's interesting that you all talk about SEO as a marketing channel uh, because SEO to a lot of groups is sort of like, it's like um, leprechauns and, uh, and unicorns <laughs> and pixie dust. It's, it's this thing that they don't understand. They don't think is really real. Um, and, and when it happens to them, it's a sort of like fortunate accident. It's sort of, you know, manna from heaven, traffic just falls from the sky suddenly. Um, but but how on earth would we ever manipulate this? Um, so so tell me about just I guess we can start with the tax bracket page as 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 our inroad to all this, right? So so how did that start? Um, and how yeah how did you go about the how did you come up with the idea of just presenting something so very simple when everybody else seems to want to talk about things that are really complex? Sure, I, I can. Um... I can start with that uh, chord. It's kind of funny. Um, we talk about the, the tax brackets page like it's it's ours, but really all that it is is a re-imagining um, of IRS data. So we, we take the IRS data that is published on a government website that not many people can access easily. It's not super uh, fun or easy uh, to browse, and uh, we repurpose it in a format that it works better for taxpayers. 
And we've been doing that since um, well before I've been at Tax Foundation. We've been tweaking the formula, making it even more accessible um, over the years. But really, that's all it is. And that's that's kind of the secret to a lot of the high traffic pages on taxfoundation.org. Um, we take government data and we make it better and we make it more accessible and um, we make it understandable for the average taxpayer. Yeah, I've noticed that you outrank irs.gov for a lot of really basic terms. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I guess they, they don't have a lot of incentive to get uh, the most traffic to their page. Um, what are some other examples that you've, that you've taken on that are, that are like this, that are just sort of basic information? So we've applied the same formula to state um, rates and brackets, uh, individual income tax rates and brackets, uh, state sales taxes. Uh, those are a couple of our most traffic pages. Um, we do a weekly um, map series, too, where we break down uh, common tax types by rate across the states. Um, and that's good for a number of, of reasons. Um, but if people are looking for what the property tax rate is in Texas, um, we have a map for that. And it applies to everyone in all 50 states who are searching for those types of things. Um, so we try to be intentional about finding those things people are searching for that they're interested in and making them regular and routine because the data updates every year or sometimes multiple times a year. So we have multiple opportunities to do that. Yeah. Depending on how busy Congress is with tweaking things. And That's right. Like tweaking <laughs> them retroactively. Right. So yes. <laughs> um, do you use, um, do you use any sort of tool to, to, figure out where that volume is at? Are you using things like Keyword Planner from Google or are you using other paid tools? Yeah, Kevin, do you want to take that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we use um, pretty much the whole suite of Google tools, uh, you know, Google Tag Manager, Google uh, Keyword Planner for the keyword research. Um, we, recently, I've been liking things like Google Data Studio. Um, pretty much anything that Google puts out, we utilize. Um, there's a couple other tools that I like to use um, that we can talk about later, but... But really, yeah, to taking that, taking leveraging that data that we already have, or the IRS has, or, or state governments have, and just like the, uh, Colby said, really making that more accessible, um, whether that's on-page SEO and or linking uh, to other uh, resources. We have a pretty robust internal linking system. Um, but really, also just visualizing that, making it more accessible visually, uh, whether it's maps or charts. Um, that's something that the Tax Foundation has been known for for quite some time. And it's really, again, making that like, as accessible as possible for people. Um, unfortunately, some, some government websites don't do the best job, as you, as, you, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. So some of it isn't that you have to do a lot of research. It's there's all this information out there. We already know it works. Like the tax brackets, you guys have years of that knowing that that draws in traffic. So right. it's not as though you're having to go to Keyword Planner and say, is anybody searching for tax brackets? You know they are. That's just sort of built-in data now. Um, yeah, I, I would say that, yeah, so the, 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 I guess the context where we would use that kind of more hardcore research is when we're trying to connect taxes to the news cycle and what people are searching mm -hmm. for in the moment. And we do, we are very intentional about doing that. The brackets and some of the data updates are kind of like our always on SEO sort of drivers, but um, there, are, there are cycles that we go through, like with COVID over the last couple of years, we've, we've reoriented our content strategy towards writing about that. And that required a lot of new research on Kevin's part to figure out how to phrase things. Yeah. So that's things like, how are people talking about the, what do they call it now? The advanced child tax credit or the- Exactly. 
Right. Yeah. Or, 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 or stimulus checks. Yeah. What do I do yeah. with my economic impact payment? I was just going through my own right. taxes and having to remember all the goofy <laughs> labels that they applied <laughs> to those things. Oh yes. I, this is for my economic impacts. Um, okay. So you are using tools to figure out that stuff. Do you use anything like Moz or Hrefs or SEMrush? Or do you we use Ahrefs uh, some, mostly, um, okay. but a number a number of those tools that are free, uh, Patel's um, keyword research tools as well that he has. Um, a lot of those, like you said, really talk about semantic search or different types, more the more search intent versus search keywords. Yeah. Um, and within that, a lot of those secondary keywords, like you mentioned, so it might not be um, you know something like build back better, people might be searching for, say, the Biden tax plan. It's people are searching in a, in a different way than, say, a, a tax policy expert at the Tax Foundation might be thinking about their work. Um, so we, Colby and I, often joke that we're translators between tax policy experts and uh, you know, the general taxpayer that's searching for you know, basic data as a starting point. Do you find uh, that, that having that data at your disposal, like knowing that there's a lot of volume, does that sometimes make it easier to uh, to convince the policy folks that you, you need to change some titles on some things, things like that? <laughs> I think they're starting to uh, to get get the idea that SEO should be uh, and has been and should be going forward a, a more of a, a focus. Um, you know, really combining that the content strategy of um, you know they have the expertise, they're, they know their you know their their policy and what they're talking about the best, and trying to combine that with the right messaging, the right SEO is is where we've been kind of focusing on the last year or so. Um, and one of those things that we've been doing is actually doing um, what, what I call top topic clusters. So this is a um, I'm sure you're familiar with this is is building kind of a, the hub and spoke SEO approach is yes. you know you're you're leveraging that that data um that we already have that's the base point you know most people come onto our website um our website's our biggest marketing asset and that's the marketing funnel is kind of often where it starts um and a lot of that like colby i think mentioned earlier is 80 percent of that traffic comes from search traffic so leveraging that huge volume that's coming into our website and then how do we make sure that they actually find what we're trying to educate them on whatever policy it may be because at the end of the day, we're a nonprofit, educational nonprofit. So those topic clusters, uh, one example is we do resource centers, uh, whether it's federal policy or state policy. Uh, right now, there's a lot of narratives and a lot of things and trends that are occurring throughout the country. How do we tell that in a more compelling way and then bring all those resources, maps, the basic data, uh, maybe a white paper or a publication and bring it all together. They all link together and um, really clustering that um, together has been, has been effective for us. Yeah, that's great. So that's, so then you're, you're bringing together that topic cluster includes the white paper stuff, the wonkier stuff, mm -hmm. the stuff that gets right. into the weeds a little bit more, but mm -hmm. also this, the sort of table of here's all the rates. So you can compare your state right. to another state, something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I find it's, it's so much easier to talk to, our policy counterparts in this world, right? Uh, with data, because they get data too. Mm -hmm. um, so if you say, you know, if you tell these just so stories about, well, search engines kind of work this way, like, well, that's great. That's a, that's a wonderful little <laughs> explanation. And you say, you know, 200,000 people are looking for this and 2,000 people are looking for this. So maybe we should use the vernacular, more common way of doing this. 
Yeah, that's been really effective. And just like in the last year, we've built those feedback loops so that we have more of a content planning strategy before they even put pen to paper. And it's always the numbers that are convincing to them. It's always, you know, well, we have this example of a post that got this much traffic versus that much traffic. Don't you want your post to get more traffic? Everyone does. Um, that, that's been much more effective than um, sort of just appealing to the gods of SEO or whatever, because that's not something that resonates with, with uh, economists and policy folks. Yeah. Here's a best practice. It's not exactly a super compelling thing versus yeah, for these raw numbers. So speaking of those numbers, um, I'm always curious to know this stuff. So, so when we uh, put together our think tank ranking, we're using Ahrefs data Mm -hmm. and we, we actually, uh, the first time we, we did the ranking, we looked at Ahrefs and SEMrush and Moz and the estimates were in, in kind of wild disagreement in some cases. Uh, and, and Ahrefs seemed to be the most true to the few samples that we have access to, like our clients. So we looked and said, what matches our clients' traffic? Okay, Ahrefs seems to be most accurate. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering how far off it is. So when I looked at the, at the 2020 and 2021 tax brackets page, it looked like maybe a quarter million people a month were looking at just that page. Does that seem about accurate? Is Ahrefs getting pretty close on that? It's probably a little low, I, I would say. Um, that's yeah, that's the right answer. You should be saying that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and just for context, and you know, through the magic of of, of the internet, I'm going to pull this up now, and 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 we'll see. In in 2021, uh, that page received 2.4 million page views, and traffic ebbs and flows, but mm-hmm. th- that should give you a sense of what that that monthly averages. So that's a big chunk. So b- b- before we started recording, we were talking about maybe your total organic is something in the range mm-hmm. of north of 20 million. Yeah. So just that page alone is like 10%. Yep. That's, that's huge. Right. So you've got to make that every year. There's just no choice. About that. <laughs> like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's and another challenge great. we face is that people are viewing the old data a lot of times too. So we have to be strategic about how we get them to the new pages. And uh, we've talked a lot about how we can consolidate and combine SEO value um, because, you know, we, we, we track this stuff historically and we have for a very long time. Yeah. That's one of the things that I uh, harp on about. There's um, mm-hmm. there are several groups that do that where they, they update last year's information or that this year's information writes at the same URL as last year's information. Last year's kind of goes into an archive. Yeah. Um, but I get that people might want to be referencing that 2020 tax bracket information. They're looking back at their old tax return, you know, or they want to look at 2019. How do things right. compare? Um, so interesting, but that's, yeah, that's, that's interesting that the Ahrefs is getting pretty close on that. And again, mm-hmm. I'm taking like a monthly sample and I'm guessing that the tax bracket page is way more popular at the beginning of the year through April <laughs> up to the 15th. And then, uh, yeah, that's right. It, it even, it, yeah, it, it starts to dip surprisingly around March. Um, but then, yeah, trails off after April quite a lot and then picks up again um, in the later months. Yeah, interesting. So H, Hrefs uh, figures that out by looking at the position that you occupy, mm-hmm. scraping Google data, I believe, on on volume, and then basically figuring out, okay, if you're in position three, and it gets this much overall volume, you're getting about uh, 12% of that. It has some metric like that. Okay, that makes sense. Interesting that that's close enough. So so let's talk about that larger SEO strategy. So you talked about topic clusters, sort of building things around um, 
around a specific topic, having a mix of things, maps and tables and the, the wonkier mm-hmm. stuff that gets really into it. Um, but I also noticed that just things like Biden tax plan, you rank really well for that. And even things like capital gains, which seems like you shouldn't be able to, <laughs> to, to do that. Well, uh, and uh, not saying anything about the tax foundation, but because that's written about by like huge financial websites, uh, right. you'd, you'd think that the IRS would, would outrank you guys, but you're like three or four positions, whatever it was on my last check ahead of the IRS itself. So how do you, how do you combine these huge pillar pages like the tax bracket page with just what's going on now? Is it just as simple as throw a couple links at the bottom of the page? I think there are a lot of answers to that question from my, my perspective. I mean, part of it is that we've been doing this for as long as a lot of these other websites and we've been around for 80 years. We've had an online presence for a very long time. We've been writing about capital gains the whole way through. Um, so we've been building a lot of that, that authority. Um, and then in terms of ranking on, um, some of those topics, uh, that are a little more, uh, timely, like Biden's tax plan. Um, we put a lot of value in getting out first and and ahead of things. So we, we almost operate like a news site in that respect. So we get that evergreen content out very quickly. And that's a credit to our experts to be able to do that. So we're in the results sooner. Um, sometimes even then a huge financial site like Investopedia or one of those other uh, competitors of ours. So I think those those factors all, all play in uh, as well. And then um, on the website itself, we have uh, we we try to be strategic about how we link our content together. Um, you know, some of it's just done automatically through tagging, and categorizing, and, and everything else, and some of it's done manually uh, through the work that Kevin does. Um, and he can talk a little bit more, I think, about how um, we try very hard not to step on the toes of our other high-performing pages just in the way that we, we build those. Yeah, to Colby's point, I mean, relevancy is, is the big key for our marketing strategy here. Uh, we operate on a content marketing approach. And so relevancy, um, for a number of reasons, as you know, and SEO is huge. Um, to the point of the, you know, the news cycle and being reactive to the news cycle, I think one of the ways as a nimble organization that we operate as, um, one of the ways we can kind of preserve some of our bandwidth is actually updating existing content, which is also helpful for SEO. So whether that those are track, uh, like tracker pages, um, we have a number of those on the website, but even just a typical blog post, um, I'll, I'll often ask our policy analyst, hey, you're writing on X, Y, and Z. Is there a way we can update that first? Because that page already has great SEO instead of trying to, to bump out our own or um, cannibalize our own content. So are you using features like, uh, I know WordPress has this where you can go back and um, and edit and then publish again, and it might redirect mm-hmm. even if it's, even if the URL said something like 2019 slash 03, you know, it's from a couple of years ago, you could update that. It'll forward that link over to the new one. And now you've got a new post discussing the same same thing. Are you doing that sort of thing? Essentially, yeah. We're trying to, to re- republish it on our blog post. Um, a lot of people follow our um, our blog page. Um, it's kind of a an archive of all of our blog posts that often bumps up um, things like an RSS email that goes out to people each day. Um, and then that it was able to get into more social media, um, which all factors into um, you know, the popularity of that content. Um, I would say overall, though, we really operate um, on the, the EAT guidelines that, that Google lays out. Um, that's expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. 
Um, to, to Colby's point earlier, I mean, authoritativeness, we, a lot of that comes from, even though we're competing against, say, the White House or IRS, these huge government or, or news um, organizations, a lot of the authoritativeness and trustworthiness comes from a lot of those backlinks that we have, um, have gained over a, a number of years. So that's, you know, educational EDU um, URLs and, and websites that are linking back to us. Um, and a lot of that comes through a number of things that we're doing day to day. So that's, you know, media relations. We're building a lot of those backlinks. Um, social media has been a, a big investment on ours. Um, the more people engage there and link back from social media, because we have a lot of uh, journalists and people that follow us that are influential there. Um, you know, a number of those, it, like I said, backlinks are, have been a huge thing. And then internal linking on our own website to improve um, those kind of t- topic clusters and other things that we're doing there. So do you go back and, and update links at the bottom of, of um, like the tax brackets page or other mm-hmm. pages like this to, to link to whatever is new, so long as it's basically related? Uh, Biden's tax plan was pretty much touching on everything. So linking to it from the, the tax bracket area makes sense. Right. Exactly. Yep. So that all ties together. As long as, you know, something is relevant to another topic, um, we're constantly going back and doing on-page SEO, um, you know, just improving the user experience. So they come on the page and that's the only page that they're going to come on to. How do we make that as accessible as as possible? You see related content. Uh, Some of that is automated through our website, but a lot of that is also hand done, Um, you know, anchor linked, uh, for a table of contents is one thing we've done uh, that helps us to, to link the you know certain portions of a of a you know white paper say it's you know a fifty page paper um, you're able to link to one area of that and that increases um, user experience and all that and really um, that's something that we're going to continue to do we're actually looking at um, upgrading our website in the next couple of years and the big you know focus there is how do we keep our SEO value and can continue to um, have, you know, tech, at least the technical SEO elements to be at the forefront. Um, as you probably know, you know, search engines are continuing to push, you know, AI with Google's, you know, rank brain and mm-hmm. user experience is going to be, is currently and continues to be a primary determinant of, um, of SEO rankings. And, and we're taking into account whether it's on a certain page or as the website as a whole, that's, that's going to be a huge part of it. Yeah, those migrations can be really um, fear. Scary. Inducing. <laughs> yeah, like, well, we've built up this precious thing. Let's just smash it all to pieces now. So uh, right. yeah, if it's, if it's not handled uh, well, and that was another interesting thing about doing our report actually is, is um, I, I would look at some groups that weren't doing well and you would see their authority and HRFs over time and you just see these plummets. And I go, oh, okay. That's when they updated the website. <laughs> everything, they just burned things to the ground. There wasn't, they weren't taking into consideration preserving all those links that you all have so, uh, so carefully accumulated. I, I want to um, circle back to that first mover thing um, on, on the, the Biden tax plan. Um, so getting out early means you also get out a press release on that. You have uh, the tax foundation's official take on, on this plan. Yep. Do you find that you then get a good chunk of high quality links from, from doing that? So that's part of the plan there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, especially because we have such good media relations and our, our media relations guy is so good at what he does. Um, those links are coming from very, you know, reputable places, you know, the journal, the Times, the Post, those places. And because we're the ones out first with the numbers, 
they're the only numbers they can quote. And, and so we, we end up with a lot of links that way. Um, and so that's, um, that's something though, that we, that's a strategy we employ with pretty much any breaking news item. We think, okay, is there a tax angle? Almost always there is. And what can we write on this? That's going to generate some uh, coverage. Yeah. Interesting. I've, I've often seen the curve for, for groups that are really information heavy in, uh, in these pages where they get this initial bump and then it just keeps building links. Mm -hmm. It just keeps going and going and going. It's like compounding interest. Like every exactly spawns another link spawns another link. Um, so interesting. Well, we've, we've gone all over the place. I'm trying to follow my notes here. I think we've covered some stuff, maybe skipped over some stuff. So this is me vamping and stalling for time. All right, let's go. Uh, There's down one, here. one project that uh, I wanted to, to um, sort of plug that I think I'm proud of from an SEO perspective. Oh yeah. And, let's go. And, You're yeah, and, me right now. <laughs> of course. <laughs> telling me out. And this is kind of unique in that it, it's um, one of the more structural ways we've tried to factor SEO into our, our web strategy and our content strategy. And so we have a new educational platform called TaxEDU, and a major component of that is a, a glossary. And um, so the, those we have, I think, over 80 terms now in that glossary that are just common tax terms. And um, we saw some of our competitors like Investopedia is probably the best example of this. Uh, they define every financial term, you know, under the sun, um, taking a lot of what we thought should be our traffic on, on terms that are related to taxes. And so we said, well, we'll, we'll build our own glossary and um, just the structure of that and the way that we've uh, built those pages lends itself to just being good for SEO because you have such keyword density and, and, you know, you have, We've structured it so that those keywords are in, in the headlines all the way down and they're being phrased as questions and the related content is really rich. So you're pushing people around to other parts of the website. And we've uh, got a slick setup where the keywords are linked automatically across our website whenever they're used for the first time on a page. So that just oh, creates awesome. this huge so network. Huge internal linking going back to all those pages. Right. And it's automatic and it's always on. We don't have to think about it. And that, that's been, I think, a, a really smart thing that our, our, um, our web developer did with the, the platform. Yeah, that's the, there's an interesting graph I saw recently about this um, that compared Dig's traffic over the years. Mm. Tons of links going back to Dig articles and things like that. And, you know, um, very popular long form things versus mm. I think it's pronounced Collier's. Am I saying that correct? The dictionary site? I don't know. I don't. Uh, I'm. Uh, so I forgot nervous. about digs. That, that, that's <laughs> <Yes>. nostalgic, though. <laughs> Blast from the past. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kevin. Kevin Rose's project. Um, <laughs> but 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 watching that's just degrade. Um, and and the mm-hmm. search the search traffic basically disappearing, and dictionary sites over the years getting more and more favored by Google because often people mm-hmm. are just looking for that straightforward, just a definition. Like I. Yeah. I don't know what this word means, or I don't know what this word precisely means. Um, right. So that's interesting that you're, you're leaning into that because that's something where I think a ton of groups would have something to, to lend to that where they would have better expertise than probably the dictionary sites. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's what we were seeing is that, that some of those definitions were not accurate or not as rich as they could be. Yeah, exactly. And, and no, where do you go uh, after you're at the dictionary site? You know, they're not going right. to have mm-hmm. an article for you to read about something in depth or, they're going to be maybe citing a third party. Um, 
So that's an interesting technical angle. Is that, um, are you using structured data on that where you're defining sort of a term and then a definition? Are you labeling things that way? Mm -hmm. We are, yeah. We're, and we're using structured data throughout our website. And, and again, I'll, I'll give kudos to our, our former web developer. He, he set that up from the start and it's, yeah, been paying dividends. Yeah, that's awesome. I've, I've, I've really found that to be the closest thing to like old school uh, hacks that you could do and sort of mm -hmm. cheats. Uh, <laughs> there's not that many things anymore where you can just implement something in code and expect to see a big result. It's sort of like, right. well, I've, I've maybe removed um, not a penalty in the Google sense of a penalty, but something that's been holding us back, making things harder to crawl, making things more obscure, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, but that structured data, I mean, you can see the difference in a week. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Pretty low hanging fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and yet so, so few people implement it despite, uh, despite that being the case. Um, I'm wondering what other, like, let's talk about tools. Uh, I'd like to get into the, tool section of things. I grew up in my dad's auto shop and uh, we had all sorts of really great uh, tools <laughs> uh, and people always like to obsess over the tools of the trade. So um, we talked about Google stuff. What are you using uh, Data Studio for? Let's let's talk about that. Yeah. So um, yeah, we use a number of Google um, platforms. Data Studio, I think is one of the, the newer um, tools. We use most of that for internal um, reporting and analytics. Uh, we, we like to automate take a lot of that um, that data in Google Analytics and, and push it in automatically for um, you know mid-year, end of the year market reports, but also to give our policy writers and analysts um, you know, a, a, an immediate ongoing glimpse or snapshot of how their work is doing. Um, I do that on a weekly basis, but they can access that 24-7 and see how um, a, you know, a blog post is, is particularly performing. And, and then um, that's you know, a good way to monitor, you know, not only in the news cycle, but what are people actually searching right here, right now? So you have things set up, like show me the top 20 or 50 or whatever blog posts. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, are you ever mixing things together, like mixing together Google Analytics and other sources? Yeah. So especially for like our mid-year and year-end reports, we're bringing in so you know, dozens of other sources. Some, a lot of them will just filter through a Google sheet. That's tends to be what Google Data Studio plays best with. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, some other sources connect natively and we've done that too. Do you pay attention a lot to um, to search console numbers as well? Are you in there regularly? Mm -hmm. What do you think is the, what are the things that you look for that you pay attention to? Because I've got my things, but I know that I've got, I've got blind spots. So I'm wondering where your priorities are. I'm not in there as frequently as Kevin. I, I mean, when I'm usually just looking for broken links and make sure, making sure nothing's on fire is, is my priority when I'm ever in there. Yeah, the biggest thing for me is, like uh, Colby said, is, is the links. Um, also, like the URL inspector is a big uh, tool that I, I often use. Um, sometimes um, things will be, will be, will be uh, broken or, or not working correctly. There is just an audit of... The, you know, especially those top items, so it's the top 50 pages, I'm always monitoring to make sure that those are working correctly, those are linking correctly. Um, sometimes um, I've seen I've seen other websites, unfortunately, you know, there'd be days or weeks that go by that a major, you know, page might be down and that's that can be really detrimental to not only a, a person's experience on their website, but but SEO rankings as well. Yeah, or even if it's not down, it's 
uh, what's, what's the technical term for it? Screwed up in some way. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. I I was, I was talking to, um, a a design and development studio in DC recently, and they were saying, well, often like the, what is the, what are designers judged by? It has to just look perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause everybody, every client can look at it and say, I don't like how it looks. But from the client's perspective, from most users' perspective, a web page is, I don't know, does it load? If it loads, it works, right? It works. Right. Um, but we know from looking at these tools that there's many different levels of works. You know, mm-hmm. just the fact that it delivers some information to your eyeballs doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's getting indexed and all those other good things are happening. Have you seen that, um, that Google has made an, an API now for that URL inspection tool? I yes. did not know that. Yeah. Okay. So I, yeah, go ahead, Kevin. We need to exchange notes, maybe about about <laughs> what, what tools you might be using there, because uh, I would like to have a, a kind of a watch list for several groups about. Hey, you've got lots of pages on your website, but wouldn't it be great if we just monitored the top one hundred and made sure none of them broke every week? Mm-hmm. And we're getting a report on this. So anyway, we'll talk about that. Um, that would be excellent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you reminded me, Corda. Uh, Google Lighthouse is another tool I really love, um, and that's I use that a lot in trying to evaluate what needed to change with our current site in the context of what the next site is going to look like. Yeah. So for so for people who aren't as familiar, Lighthouse is built into Chrome. It's part of the Chrome mm-hmm. Dev Tools, um, and just like you can you can right click and hit inspect, and you can start looking at the code on the page. There's tabs within there, and you can go in and find Lighthouse. And Lighthouse kind of looks like PageSpeed, mm-hmm. like the PageSpeed tool that you can load at um, whatever address it's at, Google PageSpeed, right? Yep. Um, break down how the page loads for you. Um, so yeah, that's that's a super super helpful thing to be looking at, and people who aren't aware of it should be testing that out. And it also allows you to do things like simulate um, a mobile a mobile user as well. Um, right. And it's interesting to see how different pages perform so differently, even on the same site. And um, I found it really interesting too, because it makes it easy to compare other competitor sites. Um, so I was able to say, okay, here's our direct competitor. Wow, they're really edges, edging us out on this this or that. Um, so that was a cool analysis. Yeah, you don't just have to train those tools on your own site. You can right. use them to analyze. You can look at anything. It's all out there publicly. That's an interesting thing about the web. Um, uh, have you all been paying attention to core web vitals over the last year? Have you found that that makes a difference? I know we're getting into the real talk shop stuff here, but uh, I find it interesting. At least maybe a few other people listening well as well. Yeah, I've been I've been looking into more of that those technical elements of, of SEO, particularly trying to give our recommendations to uh, those the firm that we're working with for upgrading the website, making sure that those those core elements of the technical aspects of our website are are going to not only improve, but then actually maintain through the process. So um, I've been kind of shifting from more on-page SEO to, to looking at some of those um, those things going forward. Um, Have to make you sure found that, that improving those actually improves your traffic? Yes. Yeah, it does. Okay. It's interesting because it's a, it's like a hot topic of debate. Um, since I, you know, I read the trades as it were, right. The, uh, search engine journal and, 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 um, search engine roundtable, And I belong to a couple of very wonky Slack groups and stuff. And, and we've all been spending all this time on core web vitals. Um, this is one of these major core updates in uh, June of last year. And some people say it just hasn't made a difference, but I wonder if that's just because 
all their competitors are sort of mediocre. <laughs> like, yeah, if you get, if you get better at something and you were already better, um, you know, you, you it's, it's hard to go from, uh, from first place to super first place. Um, but, but that's interesting that you have seen some effect there. Cause I've seen a, an effect as well. Um, but I've had some clients that at least had a subset of pages that were in like, not so great shape. Um, so, so interesting, but page speed lighthouse, um, any other weirdness that, that, that you've run into any other cool tools? So there's, you know, the basics of, you know, uh, SEO plugin is, is something that we, we, we use. That's pretty typical. Uh, and a newer one though, that I've uh, found interesting, uh, more from the user experience kind of your user interface, uh, point of view is Microsoft clarity outside of the Google suite. It's more Microsoft clarity. And that's, uh, um, kind of creepy tool, but also uh, a neat way to see what people um, from their browser come onto your website, what page that they're on, and what do they do on it. So that helps me um, from an, like an on-page SEO perspective to see, you know, how do people interact with such and such page? So, you know, where should we put call to action widgets? Where should we put our podcasts embed? Um, where should links go? Um, those types of things um, are, is really useful. And that's just one way that you can, you can that, that educates that, those kind of uh, decisions. So this is like a, like heat mapping. Does it do that sort of thing? It's or? like Hotjar, I, I would say. Yeah, okay. That yeah. tool, um, but free through Microsoft, which is nice. Okay, good. I have not heard of this at all. So now I've got to, I've got to check this out. So that's good. I, that's <laughs> what I want. I want to get the, I want to get the free inside tips, you know? Um <laughs> Google Optimize too is an awesome tool. Um, mm -hmm. I know it's been around for a little while, but just the fact that that's free kind of blows my mind. Um, and so when we do notice things like that on the page, to be able to test them through Optimize is, is pretty uh, handy. And Optimize will sit out in front of the site and allow you to experiment with like changing the location of an element, just running a simple A-B test, that sort of thing. Pretty much. And it's it's uh, low code or no code. So you can just kind of drag and drop and, and edit elements um, with very little coding knowledge so it, it makes it quick so is your cycle then on that to just kind of look for look for some place where you might be able to run an experiment run an experiment if it turns out that b is better than a or a is better than b and you have to make a change do you then go back to the coders and say now just put this into the site change the template across the whole that's essentially it. We, we've stopped investing as much in that now that we're thinking about the next version of the site but um i, I also helped build the initial website. So it was very easy for me to then just plug in whatever change uh, into the backend. So um, we had kind of a direct connection there. All right. Um, wh when you're thinking about the next website, are you thinking about um, restructuring things, recategorizing things, or is it is it mainly about design and performance, or is there really a, a kind of interlinking element to it? We're definitely thinking about improving user experience first. That's our number one priority, especially in terms of how we've um, done the information architecture. It's just not, we think, as navigable as it could be for an average user. We've kind of structured it around our organization and how we think about tax policy. And, and we want to put ourselves in the, the minds of uh, the average taxpayer or a legislator, whoever our key personas are. That's going to be, I think, the biggest change. I think visually it will still look like a tax foundation product. We've tried to build a pretty cohesive brand um, and it's going to have a lot of the same functionality. It will just be organized, hopefully, a little bit better and be a little bit more future proof from a, a tech standpoint. Yeah, I, I often joke that the, the website structure often mirrors the organization map. 
you know, you sort of have an org chart and you think that should be in the menu of your website. It's very it's totally what we did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's um, the easiest thing to get buy-in for. So that, that that's part of why I think that happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's because you, you end up going around to every department to talk to them about the website. And then it's pretty soon right. it's like, oh, every department has a menu item <laughs> at the top of the site. <laughs> Funny how that's that that works. Yeah. Um well, is there is there anything else that we haven't covered that you'd like to like to touch on? Um, another thing that you'd like to plug? Another awesome success that you've had? I think Less success and more just um, things that I think worth mentioning. Um, I think having that comprehensive marketing plan has has really helped SEO altogether. So I think we mentioned earlier, you know, media relations is is a big component of that backlinking. Um, social media engagement again, that's the way that Google um, is 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 ranking those and, and looking at that. That's definitely a component of that. Um, but also different types of search. It's not just text search anymore. It's voice search. It's um, it's image search, it's video search. And so as you know, in the next three or four years, we're looking to invest more in video and, and, and even optimize our, our images. I mean, we have hundreds of, of charts and maps that uh, people want to see and, and should see. And uh, more and more people are searching on Google or other uh, search engines through images or video on YouTube. Um, and so that's that's a huge component that I think a lot of, a lot of marketers should, should focus on as well. So Tax Foundation is actually bothering to put alt tags onto images right yeah okay yeah I and mean, sometimes it's that basic when you're competing yep. with yeah in the the alt tagless world the alt tag man is king i don't know uh some <laughs> some analogy metaphor like that um yeah and uh, um oh yes i was uh, the the thing you brought up about having a comprehensive approach to things um have you found that that SEO has also helped you to just grow your lists as well? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, this uh, is an assertion I've made when talking about you guys because I see <laughs> I see on on all these tax foundation pages you've got that email sign up at the bottom of the page. You're ready to grab those emails. Yeah, we we, we want to grab emails on all of those top performing pages, and our, our list has grown. I think when I started, it was around ten thousand subscribers to over sixty. So it's it's really. Um, you know, quadrupled, tripled, at least in the last two to three years. And mm -hmm. a lot of that's coming through the brackets page. A lot of that's coming through our map pages and, and those types of resources. So then the next thing that you put out, you've got even more people to reach out to, even more links mm -hmm. coming to that. So you just become unstoppable. It's a snowball. And we're sending them those those uh, weekly maps in, in their email inbox every week. And, you know, those are those high-performing, uh, uh, high SEO value pages too. So, yeah. And this, yeah, it's, it's self-reinforcing or it's yeah. Links recursive. drive link, links, drive the list and the links and the lists drive the links and it mm -hmm. just goes and goes. Well, uh, guys, it's been a long time coming. I'm so glad that you uh, came on to talk to me about this. Uh, it's wonderful. I think you guys are, are definitely one of the, the tax foundations and you guys, the tax foundation is such a great example. Um, because I, I look across the site and it's like, you're doing it right. You're aware of things. And as soon as I saw that, that page, when we started doing this, this um, research into things, um, as soon as I saw that tax brackets page, like this is somebody who's doing this on purpose. You don't fall backwards into this. This is amazing. So, uh, so glad to talk to you and, and um, I'll continue using you all the time as an example of uh, a group that's doing it right. 
Well, thank you. This was a ton of fun and we will continue to uh, look for your rankings. And um, I'll just say that we, we celebrate our ranking on that, that study to a lot of our, our stakeholders. So that, that's really cool that um, we were able to have the conversation. Hopefully uh, several more. Yes. I have to thank my, uh, my buddy, Jason Sorens uh, for doing the statistical work on that because mm-hmm. The data is definitely stuff I gathered. The ranking is all due to someone who knows math better than me. So, <laughs> so we have to trust that Jason did the did the regression right because I don't know regression. I don't know from regression, but uh, well, anyway, guys, thank you so much, and I hope we can uh, we can talk again sometime soon. Awesome, thanks, Gord. Appreciate your time. All right. Thank you. Thank you.